0: guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's your boy Tavares here. Today we had some great guests. Absolutely love this conversation. I thought they knocked it out of the park. Had a bit of te- technical difficulty, so I had to go ahead and record an episode over on Zoom. So it's going to be a little bit of a change, but I appreciate you guys for sticking with this. Like, subscribe, share, gollydating101book.com, wherever books are sold, grab a book, and I'm going to plug their book into the description box. You might want to check it out. Love you guys. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Peace. Guys, so we are blessed to have special guests in the house. So this this famous couple that I heard about. They they've traveled the entire world preaching and see t- I'm joking. Um, but Chelsea and Nick <laughs> and Nick Hurst. Um, so a lot of you probably have been familiar with um, you know, the wife, you know, Chelsea. I knew about your platform forever ago. I started Golly mm-hmm. Dating in 2012. And I don't know if you were an influencer way back then, but I feel like uh, like you've been on the scene way before this was even a thing where everybody wants to be influencers. You marry this guy, evangelist, teacher of the gospel, always sharing, always uplifting anytime you guys are crossing my feet or something. So tell me a little bit about yourselves, introduce yourselves to the people, and yeah, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, I love that, and I love that you've been around since 2012 as well, because that's actually the first year I started YouTube. Yeah. So it's been a long journey, and I do remember the first original post. I believe that you used to post like back whenever even Instagram squares just looked so different. You could like yeah. slide and put those really strange filters on. <laughs> and so anyway, OG days. I love reminiscing, but we. Nick and I uh, met back in 2016, the very end of 2016. And so I was about halfway in through the YouTube years, if you compare it to now. -hmm. And him and I grow up in two totally different um, scenarios, backgrounds. He comes from a farming family in the middle of North Central Florida. I come from a small town in Illinois. And God really just allowed us to meet in such a very interesting way we met on twitter originally and then first met in person in georgia at passion city conference and when i say god actually put us together like brought us together um when we were worshiping at that event we heard god tell us you're standing next to your future spouse and that moment was pivotal for us because in a lot of ways we felt like we were working backwards because we had yeah. only started to get to know each other for a few months. Right. Um, but we love telling the story because it's such a, you know, a God story in the way where you have confirmation at the beginning and then you're able to just share, um, you know, the hard times as you're still getting to know this person and things that they're walking through. Um, but then also, the assurance in a way that God really really desires for us to pursue one another and so it's such a fun story to tell but i was doing some research on you divorce and i was like oh don't do oh, that re- recently like put out a book as well godly yeah. dating 101 that's amazing so i wanted to say congrats on that because i know that's you. been a recent thing too um and i can tell that we have similar hearts because we wrote you know marriage minded recently too and god is Obviously, doing something in that world because I believe we were probably all writing at similar times. Yeah. Um, if we really think about the timeline of it all. So, such a blessing. And thank you for having us on, by the way.
0: Privilege is ours, you know. But before I say anything, Nick, anything you want to chime in, you know, because guys always have a separate idea of how they met their wife, you know. So. Yeah.
2: I just, yeah, <laughs> t- absolutely. Uh, and I think everything that Chelsea said is spot on, but in a lot of ways, to me, the more that we tell the story of how we met and just how, you know, we really did sense that God spoke to us in that way. It just sounds like the more we talk about it on the more podcasts that we do and more writing that we do and more videos that we make, it just sounds so like cheesy, you know, weirdo youth group boy. It's like, you're going to be my wife, you know, (laughs) but in hindsight, like as Chelsea was talking, I was just trying to remember back to how I felt in those days and in those moments, because I think with time you lose a lot of familiarity with the emotions that were going through your head and through your heart and, you know, some of the excitement, some of the fears. And I think that just all of that was present there. You know, like, like we've all felt in a sense, in a way, in those moments where God is like setting us on a new journey. And that's really what it felt like. It felt like, The beginning of a voyage and of a journey that you were about to be taken on. Yeah. That and you just didn't know what it was going to look like. And I'm a I'm a real story nerd. And this is a very, 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 very strange analogy for uh marriage and for relationships. But for me, I remember feeling almost in a way of like how Lewis and Clark may have felt like setting out on the Missouri River in St. Louis like headed off to a land and they had no clue what it was going to look like, had no clue what was going to be in it, had no clue really about anything where they were going to go. And I think that our relationship thinking back over the years and just over time and, you know, even dreaming about what the future might look like. I think a lot of times it's like that is it's setting out into a journey and into a voyage and you really don't know where you're going or what it's going to look like, but you're just Mm -hmm. trusting the lord uh to be faithful and to carry you and to take you and to be with you and so uh yeah i mean nothing to add as far as like factual data of what chelsea said <laughs> everything she said was right but uh on the feeling side of it and just like taking yourself back i'm sure you feel some of this too Tavares, but just how different it is now and probably how different it will be 10 years from now Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's pretty cool so
0: Yeah, so it was two things I liked about what you guys said. You guys mentioned um, you kind of got connected via social media and from the passion conference. If anyone doesn't know about passion, probably living under a rock because I've never been. And I hear about this massive event, Uh, but Mm -hmm. it's crazy because I always hear guys. Well, not always, but I've heard plenty of guys say, you know, God said, that's my wife. Or, or some woman said like, Oh, well, that's my husband. And truth be told, God never said anything to them, but they are so driven by emotions that, you know, they Mm. just assumed that this has to be God. And unfortunately, a lot of people, they allow their emotions to guide them. So especially when you see someone who actually felt God impressing that on them and you see the marriage flourishing. You know what I mean? And it's not Mm. that, okay, well, marriage is going great, then obviously God is in it. And, you know, because obviously godly marriages are still gonna, you know, have storms to go through. But to see a couple that knows you know, how to be sensitive to the voice of God. It's pretty special Amen. because you, that's very rare. Cause I'm assuming you guys are extremely young because I like to still think I'm semi-young and I know I'm older than you, you know? So it's just like, I know you guys are still a young couple and still aiming to please God. So it's it's a good thing um, when it comes to that. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of those people who are like, Well, God said, that's going to be my spouse. Tavares is not going to argue with you no more, you know, because now we have a perfect example (laughs) that God can do that, you know, but it is rare. So what what advice would you give to those people though? Because I feel as though it's very common that a lot of people, they're not really hearing from God when it comes to those, those feelings, those thoughts, but they just Mm -hmm. want someone so bad that now they're attaching God to their own plans. You know what I mean? Bible says, trust in the Lord Mm -hmm. with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but it's very common that we lean on our own emotions, our our own urges, hormones, and that guides us. So what do you say to that couple trying to, or maybe they aren't a couple yet, but that person trying to decipher, well, Mm -hmm. God said, that's the person for me. How would you know that it was God speaking to you? And obviously, you know, both of you guys may have got that impression differently. So however you choose to answer, that would be great.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6 1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new bumble now.
2: Yeah, I've definitely got an answer, but I'll let you.
1: Yeah, I think. I think there's a lot of moments where you can be caught up in the emotions like you're describing and start to kind of create these almost fake scenarios or illusion, not necessarily a real scenario, more like, oh, I can fantasy. view this yeah, person fantasy. and I together and it sounds great and yeah. our kids would be great. You know, especially women, we think that way a lot of times we think 10 years ahead we're like what would our kids look like you know and
2: you don't know that's the short answer you don't know if you had told me to draw my kid I would not have drawn that
1: I know right but I'll say for us I think the way that we deciphered and kind of differentiated what it meant to hear from God in a moment like that is I knew the condition of my heart at the time was still in a place of of healing and even um kind of moving on from a past relationship where I wasn't even really, I was interested. I was attracted to him. I knew, I knew that Nick was attractive and that there was mutual interest, but um, in the middle of worship, my heart was completely set on just being present there in this um, place. And I was able to, to just like, I wasn't even thinking about Nick and it just, there's just been a few moments where I hear the voice of God so clearly Mm -hmm. in a moment where it's just not even something I'm thinking about. Um, and so I knew that it was God. And then I even tried to avoid talking to Nick about it because I was so frightened that like I was given such an answer so randomly. And then we had a conversation about a week later and I'd both told each other that that happened and figured out that it happened at the same time. So I would say to the couple that's even a couple or the person who's trying to figure that out is maybe write out a list of like what you're desiring right now, like maybe in a relationship. Um, and then-
2: And also why.
1: Yeah, the yeah. the reasons behind your why um, too. Because there's a lot of things that I could get into, but a lot of us, even in our search or looking for somebody to spend the rest of our lives with, we're trying to get these uh, deep emotional, um, even spiritual needs met that are only going to be met by God. And we think that um, our spouse or our future spouse is going to fix that in us, but we were designed for something greater and more. Um, So I would say write out your why like your your reasons for pursuing this person, or um, if you're thinking that you're being led by God in this direction, um, just write out the facts, write out what is actually happening. And then what maybe is more emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot I could say, but I'm sure Nick has even a shorter, more concise answer <laughs> as well.
2: Yeah. So when it, when it comes to the conversation, really the topic of how can someone know? I would, I, so I have my own thoughts and then I'll bounce a little bit off what Chelsea said uh, as well. So my immediate thoughts are one, I honor the desire. I think that's an amazing desire. I think it's an awesome thing to have the desire to want to pursue someone or a relationship i think that's amazing J- obviously uh i think it's awesome because i wrote a book <laughs> about it so i think it's a great thing As far as you wrote a book about it as far as you have a podcast about it so we obviously all care about this and we obviously all think it's a great thing but if it stops at just being a great concept or a great thing yeah then then we're gonna find ourselves in some trouble so in the portion of bouncing off of chelsea I would say, yes, you need to be really honest with yourself and you need to figure out really, really early on who this relationship is serving or, or who mm-hmm. it is going to serve. Because a lot of times we say, well, oh, well, you better not be saying, I better be saying <laughs> that. I think that, oh man, being with Chelsea would be great because, you know, X, 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 X and X, X, Y, X, Y, X, Y, X, y whatever. Uh, when really, I think if we're, especially dudes, I'm speaking to the guys, I, because you know go you're, figure you're, it. i'm a dude <laughs> um a lot of times what we really think is oh man i want to be seen with that girl yeah or i want to uh i want to have sex and so i just right. figure that pursuing a relationship and then getting into a marriage quickly is the best way to go about that or i think that um I don't know, whatever, she's got a nice car. And so I want to drive a car. She's got a lot of money and I want or he or she or whoever. And so a lot of times when we really kind of get underneath these reasons as to why we want to get into a relationship, what we find is that it's actually not serving them and serving yeah. me. Correct. And, uh, and whenever we have an I or me or me or me mentality about relationships, we are not yet ready for a relationship. And I cannot say that I got this a hundred percent, right. But I have learned along the way, and I wish that I had had someone early on tell me what I'm hopefully telling some of you now. And so I think that when you can shift your heart, or when really God shifts your heart into a direction of, hey, the reason to pursue a relationship is because it is a picture of what my relationship is to one, the church, but also two for the benefit of one another, not just for me, 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 but because it is a blessing to my spouse and my spouse is a blessing to me. And together we glorify God even more than we could apart. And so I think that making sure that we have the shift to that outlook is crucial because it takes the focus off of me and pride and being selfish. The other thing is, uh as far as like knowing so some really practical stuff i think that you just need to look for red flags uh or chelsea says red lights and green lights i think that you need to look for a lot of those things like what yeah. pops out immediately is a red light and what may look like a green light so uh one are they trying to get me in bed and yet still say that they want a godly relationship well you know that's a red flag um mm-hmm. The other thing are they honoring to me do they love me do they love my family do they care about me um do they have a provider's mentality and heart and personality those are all green lights and so i would look at and just survey their life objectively as you can even though a relationship is a very subjective thing yeah i know i'm going long-winded chelsea's like giving me the whole like rub on my legs like honey (laughs) you're (laughs) way too much you need to shut up um but I, yeah, I would just kind of survey some of those things, look at their life and, uh, and see what you see. And that's, you know, not to plug the book, I'm more so here for conversation, but in the book, we talk about 10 of those things, uh, red lights and green lights alike that you can kind of look for. I'm sure, uh, Tavares, your book has all of the same things. And so, um, No, it does not, guys. You still need to get their book. We did not have the same thing. You still need to get Godly Dating 101, too, if you haven't already. Um, God loves you, but not as much as he would if you would get their book. So I
0: I tell them all the time, like on Judgment Day, (laughs) when God asked them, like, when you told Tavares you're going to pre-order that book, and then the rapture came eight years after the book was released, and you haven't read it yet, God is going to be very concerned, you know? And I think if you want to make it in, (laughs) that's something you really need to consult God about. Hey
2: man, uh, but, God's a great attorney and you don't need to give him any more evidence for his <laughs> case, so.
0: No, nah, but th- those are those are all some solid points. And one thing I'll, I'll throw in based off what you said um, in regards to judging um, objectively, it's, it's, I think that's basically impossible to do when you're dating someone mm. or when you're interested in someone. I, I once heard a person tell me that when your mind is made up, everything sounds like confirmation. Because mm-hmm. in your mind, you know what you want. You're going to go after mm-hmm. it. Definitely mm-hmm. God is the one that's in it. You know, God is, it, and it's like, God has nothing to do with it. But because you've already told yourself, this wow. is God's will. Now you've already made up in your mind. Everything is God showing himself when in reality, the enemy just laid a snare for you. It's an easy trap. He doesn't have to do anything. You walk right into it because it looks like your type, you know? So it's very important that, um, regarding the point that you made, That's why I always preach accountability to our people, because if you have a pastor that is able to speak into your life, not just preach to you on a Sunday, you have Mm -hmm. godly friends, not just the ones that want to turn up with you, but the ones who can correct you. If you have those type of parents, you know, parents who may be godly that they desire more for you. And a lot of times we don't see (laughs) what's around the corner. And there's someone who has made that same foolish mistake you've made. And they're like, oh Lord, let me help them. And you don't listen. Then unfortunately, you know, we have to, there were consequences if only we would have had a good accountability group. So I think that's pretty key. But as you guys are listening to their voices, I know they sound 12 years old. And if you're watching the video, they don't look a day over 15. So we have two super young teenagers who are living as adults. We're going to check their IDs when we... um. When we visit them one day uh but i do want to ask you guys this you know so you're a young couple we all know since i've seen you guys on social media you're obviously ministry-minded so it's great that you you create a book that's called marriage-minded you know I, I think a lot of people go into relationships sex-minded emotionally-minded mm-hmm. you know passing oh. time you know is not necessarily that we're going into it thinking marriage and if we are thinking marriage is the great point that you just brought up, Nick, they're just thinking about how do I get sex without it being a sin? You know what I mean? It's not necessarily that you're thinking about marriage, you know, so, so my thought process is with you guys being so young, what led you to write this book? Because it's not that you're incapable. Paul said, let no man despise you. So if God put a burden on your heart to help couples, whether that couple is 18 or 48, they need you know, obviously a lot of principles God may have laid it on your heart to put in this book, but what, what is the difference in, I guess, what you're trying to teach in your book? Because I know in my book, I was trying to come against what I see culture pushing. I'm trying to show people a biblical point of view. So what was right. your guys' thought process when you were like, no, the book is going to be called marriage minded. What, what is your, what does it mean to be marriage minded? This show was sponsored by BetterHelp. help. So a lot of you, you aim to get to your best self. Me personally, I feel like I'm at my best self when I've been constant in my word, of, in the word of God, and seeking God, and church, and exercise, and having great time with my family. All those things is when I feel like my best. But to be honest, it's kind of hard to get there unless you are in the right space, both mentally and emotionally. A lot of times, we Christians we only focus on our spiritual, but we also have to focus on our emotional health. And I believe that. Having therapy in your life can help you with good coping skills, good boundaries, allow you to uncover the things that you're really dealing with and help you learn the necessary tools in order to resolve them. So if you're a person that's thinking about giving therapy a try, I would encourage you to try BetterHelp. They're a great option because they're both, it's convenient, flexible, affordable, and it's entirely online. Um, and Just fill out a brief questionnaire, and after you finish with that questionnaire, they'll pair you, pair you with a, a therapist, a licensed therapist that you're able to switch at any point in time, so that won't be an issue. So if you would like to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash godly to today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash godly. Good stuff.
1: Yeah, I would say in short. There was a lot of books that we read before we got married that were more premarital counseling type resources written okay. by older couples. Yeah. And those are so necessary. And we gleaned so much insight and just great depthful conversations together because of them. But there were a few things that we've noticed in our generation. And that would include you, even though you keep telling us that we're like 12, <laughs> <laughs> um, that there's a little bit of things that the older generation can't necessarily touch on or yeah. quite understand to the full. Um, but then there's also those timeless truths like you've written about in your book um, that are scripture founded. Other couples have really just sat on for like 40 plus years in their marriage and yeah. we sit underneath them. And we just wanted to simply be almost like a, a bridge yeah. between you know, those older generational books that are incredible and we read them up but we also wanted to hold our generation's hand knowing that there are struggles and things that we walk through and just being transparent about mm-hmm. that and trying to save them from those same pitfalls that we had yeah Um. and I think that we just wanted to be kind of more like a brother sister mentality mm-hmm. rather than an older wiser mentor because there is room for both and there should be um, room for both because As the church, as the body, we build each other up, you know, diversely, not just by skin color, but by age and by experience and Mm -hmm. by wisdom. uh, wisdom. And so I think that's why we wish we had a resource like this before we got married from like real life struggles and things that we wish we could have like avoided from a couple that was maybe just a few years ahead of us that have kind of experienced life the way that we have and we just wanted to create that place. And honestly, our generation sometimes doesn't want to listen to older people, which is sad. I am
0: so glad you said that though.
1: Yeah, but it's so but true. it's so necessary. It's so yeah. necessary. Yeah. And um true. and we want to be able to even point them to older couples within this book like, Hey, yeah. it's worth it to seek out mentors, it's worth it to seek out accountability. And they don't have to be a year removed from you and married because sometimes it's it's better to have those older couples. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it it really serves as a gap Um, and something that we've had impressed in our heart before we even got married to just create a resource yeah. um for others. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And what we noticed a lot was that when we got into the premarital, you know, PhDs and all this stuff kind of books and work and yeah I mean you know how it is you work you work through that stuff but what we noticed is that we got into this stuff and then we had to start going back and addressing problems uh, that we had from like a season of dating and so while that was good and I'm glad that we addressed those things and we brought brought them to the surface and we dealt with them um, what I would have much preferred is if we had dealt with them or known to deal with them before Earlier. we ever even encountered them yeah. That would have been the ideal scenario. So this is really that kind of book. I mean, it's a resource that we just didn't have. And yeah. that's what we wanted it to be all along. Not a, I think we've all felt this way of where we're in a room with people, whether it's business leaders or church leaders or whatever. And they're just so like, Beyond. so far <laughs> ahead of where you are.
0: I am the and, most carnal guy like, in the room.
2: <laughs> and you're just like what is a a <laughs> vice president of the board of the committee A what like what yeah. are you talking yeah. about like they're just so like 10,000 miles ahead of you to the point where you just feel stupid one even being in the room and then two even asking a question because it's so elementary I mean there's a reason That when your kid goes to school for the first time, he doesn't start in a master's program. There's a reason he's going to preschool and then first, Mm -hmm. and then say, like, there's a progression. Mm -hmm. And so we just didn't want this to be uh, another book that is so lofty and it's so hard to wrap your mind around. But we also didn't want it to be so elementary that it's like almost insulting to people's intelligence or that it's not helpful, like you said. Uh, So we kind of wanted it to be in that middle ground of like, hey, we're going to treat you and we're going to talk to you and we're going to give you the expectations of a full grown adult because you most likely are if you're pursuing this kind of book and Mm -hmm. you're this kind of person and reader. But we're not going to put it so high above your head to where it's frustrating reading the book like me reading Tim Keller uh, to where you can like barely even scratch the surface of understanding it. Like you constantly have to stop. No hate
1: towards Tim think, Keller. No, I love Tim Keller. <laughs> I
2: love Tim Keller. Yeah, the meaning of
0: marriage was great. His,
2: yeah, His book on preaching as well is phenomenal. But that's kind of the idea of it. That's yeah. that's really the premise of and it.
1: And I'm curious now that you asked us that question, what about you with your book? I mean, that came out recently, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so how, did, how did you guys get inspired for that?
0: So obviously, Golly Dating the starting this ministry wasn't even on my agenda. My brother and I had a ministry and we called it anointed misfits because we stirred controversy with all of our posts. And it was just like, people got mad and then we showed them all the scripture of why we're saying what we're saying. So it was just like, oh, okay, I get it. But then my brother stopped posting as much. And then whenever I'm talking about dating, people kept on asking questions. They never talk about it in my church. Can you guys talk about this? My brother dropped off and I was like, bro, I'm changing the page. And he was like, go for it. And boom, 10 years later, And millions of lives have seen the page, been impacted by the page or been encouraged by Mm -hmm. the page, you know? So it's a blessing. Wanted to quit this page many years. I started this as a single guy dealing with lust. Like, what am I doing telling you to stop shacking up and I'm over here being a rebel? You know what I mean? I never felt qualified for it, you know? So, So I'm always like blown away by the response and randomly meeting people in different states, outside of the country or random pastors that are like, bro, I remember when I was single and your, your advice brought me out of a toxic relationship. And I'm just like, this is this right. is insane. Because in my head, I'm like, I grew up in church, but they're not, mm. the things that I'm posting, they're not even saying it on a pulpit. So I'm always, you know, trying to help other people. I'm looking like, well, if someone would have told me, I wouldn't have just did what I just did last week, you know? So it's always been my impression mm. that I'm going to either learn from someone else's mistakes or try to learn from my own and then try to share that wisdom with others, you know, and then it's great. But to lead me back to what, regarding what you were saying on regarding um, your book, one of the greatest reviews I've ever read on a book, a person said, it didn't feel like they were preaching to me. It felt like we were in a coffee shop while I was reading this. And that's mm-hmm. so important because truth be told, I always come across as the preachy type. I'm sorry, I'm a preacher, I'm a teacher. I always just come across like doom doom doom. doom, doom here's all the facts. And this is yeah. what if you're not doing this, then you don't love God. That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, how do you not get? But people don't always need that approach. Sometimes people just need to know you're sitting right beside them, you're walking with them as they, you know, basically mm-hmm. discipleship. But I never understood that concept that people need to understand that is not the guy, because when I grew up, I thought you couldn't be a minister or a, even a pastor or something until you're at least 30 40 50 as if it's presidency you know what I mean I never (laughs) I never thought that was a thing until I got older and I'm like I just met a 13 year old preacher why just met a kid that's inside middle school and he's leading a bible study why because God is raising up a generation of people that are hungry for him you know so when Mm -hmm. we get to the point that we're only listening to people that are 50 60 eventually you don't want to hear because just like you said Nick you feel as though like dude I know, cause I know I thought this way. It was a minister at our church, and anytime he talked, and anytime he said something, I was just like, "Dude, you're anointed, and I'm not. I'm sorry, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't get it. I'm just gonna go ahead and do my own thing." You know, so I felt like it was really God laying it on our heart to to provide just a resource. Because if you read this, I know there's some people are gonna be like, "Dude, there's so many verses." Yeah, because it's never been about be like Tavares and Safa. You know, it's I don't want to be anyone's standard. At the end of the day, we're all striving to be like Jesus. So I want in every yeah. chapter, in every type of concept I'm I'm bringing out, I want someone to say, oh, that's why the Bible was saying that. You know, when I speak to parents or been interviewed by people that are like trying to teach this stuff to their children, I let them know the goal is never to tell your child, do this, don't do that, because eventually your child is going to ignore what you said. And when it feels good, they're going to continue. So the goal is you try to teach biblical principles because when a child is confused on a subject because it's something they never heard about, they understand the principle of purity, Mm -hmm. the principles of holiness. They understand why God will say to avoid certain things and they understand the type of people to be around. You know, so that was our goal. We're just trying to teach people biblical principles because I feel as though those weren't, I heard everything about salvation. I heard everything about, you know, when you're backslidden, you know, you hear about God's mercy, love, and grace, but- I don't know what it means to love a spouse outside of watching my parents. And let's be honest, many of our parents were not the best examples, you know, so church has to be willing to have more people speak up because if I'm not learning from Tavares and Safa, or Milk and Ch- Nick and Chelsea, or whoever, I'm going to be learning it from Hollywood. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to get on Hollywood because that's a story for another day, how that can be a circus. Um, yeah. yeah. But- <laughs> I do have a question for you guys, because I know you guys mentioned a lot in your book about things you wish you knew before you got married. Tell us a few, three things that you wish you you knew, principles, how to relate to women, whatever it is, um, Nick. And then after you finish, Chelsea, tell me three things you wish you knew about marriage and what people should, I guess, pray about, expect, prepare for, whatever it is. Go ahead. Let me know
1: yeah we'll try to be short because yeah, like
2: I'll, to
0: be. Oh, long yeah oh yeah i don't want i don't I'll, want to make a long episode I'll, but you I'll guys are good best.
1: so i'm not i'm not
0: go ahead i'll do, do my thing.
2: best to be brief yeah three things i wish i knew um i'll be really practical and then i'll get really deep on one for a second hold on there's a fighter jet flying over my house
1: whoa that's <laughs> loud it has
2: the chinese the chinese <laughs> They shot the balloon down over South Carolina the other day. Oh, Lord. Don't don't worry about us. Just holding it down for the rest of you. Okay. Yeah, so uh, first one that I wish I knew, really practical. I really wish I knew how to handle money the right way. I wish I knew how to make money the right way. Uh, well, I, I did know how to make money the right way. I should say I had never made money unethically uh, or illegally in any way. But I wish I knew how to handle money. Uh, I wish I knew how to... Stay out of debt when I was uh, dating, and then um, the other thing I wish I knew. The second thing I wish I knew was how to uh, not buy into like groupthink or need group affirmation or peer affirmation. Because okay. I think I was really affected by, and young teenage boys, especially young teenage boys, are deeply affected by this. Of we need to appear in some kind of light or fashion in order to be thought of as acceptable or popular or cool or whatever. You see this all the time. They all dress the same. They all wear Mm -hmm. those funky fishing hats. They all do the same stuff to their trucks. I mean, it's the same thing over and over. And I was absolutely guilty of that. So I'm not picking on anybody for something I didn't do. Uh, I absolutely did those things and I regret it. So when it came to relationships, I thought I had to, um, I thought I had to like, I don't know, come off in some sort of light with dating Chelsea and it just is totally not true. Every relationship has its own DNA and kind of its own, I don't know, it's its its own thing. It's unlike any other thing that's ever yeah. existed or ever will exist. So you kind of have to find your place in that. So I wish I knew that. And then the last one, uh, the, the really deep one that I could go for an hour on, is that I really wish that I knew that... Um. It wasn't all like on trying harder and, you know, just like gritting my teeth and like chasing purity and like gritting my teeth to read the Bible and like gritting my teeth to pray and like show up and serve at church and like do all this stuff for God. But really, it was just the power of the Spirit in me. Um, and I wish I had leaned into that a bit more. I wish I had leaned into the fact that like God loves me uniquely for who I am in every way, but um, because of Jesus, not because I'm so great and so perfect and so lovable, uh, but because Jesus is and his life lives in me. But I wish I knew that I didn't have to like try harder and keep more rules, uh, but that the Holy Spirit in me, his power would overflow and magnify through my life. And that a result of that would be good works. A result of that would be obedience to Christ. A result of that would be obedience and love of the word that a result of that would be purity and living blameless and holiness and holiness before God. Um, I wish I had known that. Uh, And I know that those are all like very different things, but I think that they are things that have really meant a lot to me. Money is the number two killer of relationships. Um, I think that a lot of us spend years trapped in like buying stuff and like trying to show off and trying to be cool that we miss so much of our life where we could have learned and grown in wisdom and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, probably just been different people. And then the third is that I think a lot of us try and like keep rules so that God will love us when really he said that his spirit is the one who would come and give us power and be our helper and, uh, that we couldn't actually live out the Christian life, surely not live out the Christian relationship or marriage, uh, without the power of the spirit, yeah, uh, active in us daily. So those are, those are three. I wish I knew.
1: That's great. I love those. Yeah. Um, his really made me think of a few that I haven't shared anywhere yet. Uh, it's just funny how when we get in different conversations, we're like, <laughs> oh yeah, there's a, these are three new ones because they just they're always fresh.
2: And there's three thousand.
1: Um, but I think the first couple years, maybe two, three years um of our marriage, kind of in between there, I really gave into the lie that having more control in my marriage mm-hmm. would make me feel secure, worthy, significant. And I think that honestly stems from like childhood behavior. Um, there's a, there's a lot there that I could talk about, but I don't need to be my husband's Holy spirit. Mm. And I think a lot of times I I wish I would have known ahead of time that there's a temptation, especially as a wife, to try to control your husband or control what he does because you think that he has to conform to the way in which you learn or the way in which you receive or in the way that you are seeing the way that God's moving right now. And you just want him to understand, you know, but you're two very different individuals that are continually becoming one. And it's not something that just happens overnight and it's a process. And there's going to be seasons where one of you may be like, pursuing the Lord in a different way than the other. And, um, there's still beauty to be able to share in those things, but you're not the exact same person as much as you are becoming one in all of those things. Um, and so I would say like, I just wish I would have known I don't need to be controlling or, um, my husband's Holy spirit. And another thing I would say is, um, still enjoy the things that you enjoyed before you were even together yeah um there's a lot that can get like kind of lost in the serious and mundane parts of life especially when you start to have kids yeah um right. of like oh you know tomorrow's a new day i gotta get up and make sure the house is clean and do the dishes and make sure that all the things that are strung out get put back together and it's just there's another layer of like letting god teach you that he even loves you deeply and richly for who you are, despite what you can do for even your children. So I just wish I I guess would have known that like the individuality of both of us are, is yeah. to be celebrated. Um, and to, we're still learning this Tavares. Like it's, it's tough some days where I'm like, I really want to spend time with you, but I know you need alone time because you've been like overstimulated yeah. by everything else you know, that the day has been and all the things that you've been doing. And so just really having communication around that, which leads me to my third thing is there can never be like over communication. I don't think, I think like over communicating or when you think you're communicating something too much, uh, I don't really think you are. Cause I think especially for a woman to try to be clear and assertive or, or like just, you know, direct it's so helpful for guys to be able to receive that way because a lot of times I, I know for Nick at least that like that is helpful for him to be able to just hear things for how for how it is. Um rather than like uh, oh, I don't even know that passive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. be
2: passive.
0: Just say what you need.
1: Yeah. So what you want those would be my three. I think both of ours are very different, but um, I don't know if you relate to any of those at all, Tavares.
0: No, not at all. We're perfect over here. Oh,
2: sorry, you're struggling. We'll pray for you. God bless. Thanks for being on. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. Great points. Um, Nick, you thought yours, your three didn't really relate, but I thought they kind of did, um, especially because of how you're driving home the point about, about how God does the work. And it's like a lot of times we focus so much on what we're mm. supposed to do. And a lot of times we're trying to gain salvation or we're trying to gain our wife's approval or whatever it is, we're trying to gain something. We're trying to earn something, not realizing mm. that God is the one who allows you to do that. There's no such thing as a good husband outside of God. Um, any person who's an unbeliever and they're a good spouse, there is another level that it could have been on if they had, they understood God's love. And I say that because in my honest opinion, I don't think you can know what it means to love your wife the way Christ loved the church if Christ is the one guiding you. Like,
1: mm-hmm. that is
0: the hardest command in the Bible. A lot of people find a lot of things and I'm me loving her like the way God loves us. Like, dude, that's impossible, you know, and and that's what God instructs husbands to do. And that's the reason why it, it's alarming to me that everyone wants marriage. And it's like, I know some of you guys don't understand what this means, because God gives a husband the the mandate that the way I just loved this entire world is the way I'm expecting you to love your spouse. And then obviously women, we give absolutely a million reasons for you not to submit. And God still expects you to a million reasons for you to feel as though I don't need to show this guy any respect and yet God expects you to. So it's just like, there's so many times where marriage causes you to die to your flesh. Um, You know, we don't think about it as we walk to the altar of marriage. We don't think about the altar being a place of death when in scripture, that's what it is, you know, a place where now myself, my will, my desires are now dead. It is now our goals, our, whatever it is that God desires for us is no longer just what God desires for, for individuals, you know? So great points by you, Nick, and great points by you, Chelsea. I like the, I like the, the main point that you, you mentioned the second one with not trying to be my spouse's Holy spirit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I remember a couple years ago when Safa and I were studying and in my mind, it was something that was, you know, elementary, you know, and I, I didn't make her feel that that it was that way, but we we're just studying together and we, we rarely study together. We'll probably go over our notes together, go over at the end, but we do our thing separate. And she had a question in my head. I would have never assumed she would have had a question on that. So she asked the question, I answered it. And she would just like, oh, okay. You know, I thought you were going to like judge me that I brought it up. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, no, you know what I mean? Because my thing is we're here to help one another, but at the same times in our efforts to help one another, I think a lot of times we begin to control,
1: manipulate,
0: mm-hmm. you know, belittle, you know, kind of start making that person feel as though they're not spiritual enough. Sometimes we, we're, we're looking at it like, dude. I told you to take out the garbage a hundred times. Like you gotta be, the, you gotta be the laziest husband on the block. When in reality, you've never stopped to consider how your tone may have made him uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So it's always an attack on marriage, on marriage, or it's always something about us that tries to make us control or try to dominate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, the Bible says you're submitting to one another. So when you're realizing that ultimately God is the one who should be guiding our marriage, then I think it's a huge dynamic shift, you know? So I think those are great points by, by both of you. And obviously everyone listening to the end of this are, I'm sure they're going to feel encouraged by this book or tell a friend about this book, but I will give you guys the last word. What is something you want to tell, whether you're speaking to a single engaged or married couple, what is, what is a piece of advice you want to give someone before they get the book or I guess why they should get the book but what's something that's that you feel on your heart right now that you you should share as we wrap up
1: yeah I think I just keep hearing the word malleable because um I think that's a uh, just such a great place to be in to almost like humble yourself and view yourself like a little child kind of views the world where yeah. they see everything through just awe and wonder of, whoa, like I have no idea what today holds, but mm-hmm. I'm just excited to do this day with, you know, my parents or other kids. And I think this has challenged us a lot to just continually open ourselves to being malleable and to be changed. And I think that's the life of a Christian, right? Yeah. But there is a lot of places where we can harden our hearts or even like just say, God, Hey, I got this because this is too hard, you know? And it's, you know, the tempting place to go back to our flesh and our old self, but really, you know, just reminding us Mm -hmm. that we have the spirit of God, Jesus Christ, his spirit lives inside of us. And so I think the enemy will just try to get us in that place where we forget just how much power lives inside of us and how how much we truly can change because we are being perfected into his image. So I just think like there's so much beauty to just be said, no matter where you're at, single engaged, married, um dating, I think, just having that heart posture to say, God, I know that you could do this or teach me in a million different ways, and I just want to say I'm open to however you want to yeah. teach me this uh, lesson. And that might look totally different than what you envision in your head, and it usually mm-hmm. is. And so just being open and receptive to change, I think, is my final piece of advice.
2: Yeah, and I I think I would honestly just say to let the spirit of pessimism that you feel die. Because I think a lot of you have been struggling with a lot of stuff for so long. And you probably feel like you're in a place where you just can't get out. Or you can't like oh yeah it's a great podcast or yeah it's a great book or whatever not gonna buy it because i've just been struggling with this for so long or i've been dealing with this for so long i've i've had whatever problem for so long and i think that god just wants to speak a new word a better word of hope of i don't know that he can do it that it is possible that There is freedom beyond what you believe that you can have and that you've maybe been living in, Mm -hmm. and so I I think I would say that, but I think I would also say, in some sense, just a word of caution maybe from a big brother, maybe from a little brother I don't know. Uh, slow down. I think a lot of times in Christian, you know, esque uh, cultures and marriage, we have this idea of like speed up, like find them, speed up, like date quick, like date quick, date quick, date quick, and then get married and then get married and then get married. And it's like, man, chill out. What's the rush for? Like, yeah. You know, calm down, (laughs) take a freaking breath, man. Like you are moving at such a pace, uh, like learn one another's heart. And, and listen, if I listen, I, I know what Paul says, like some of you,
1: you're burning with lust yeah married. get married
2: but man at the same time like if that's the sole reason that you're getting married um i'm not gonna say it's unbiblical but i am i
0: bro Another it's unbiblical jet. say it you want to say it i know we don't have time but you want to say it go ahead speak your mind bro
2: <laughs> i will this fighter jet passes over can you hear it hey, So many. i don't hear jet. it
0: so you're good but okay,
2: good these these mics are working yeah, I, I mean, still uh, us, man. yeah, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it's unbiblical, but I will say it's unwise. Um, I think that you're setting yourself up for an issue because what's gonna happen is you're gonna get married and you're gonna have sex and it's gonna be awesome because it is awesome, but then you're gonna be like, Well, this isn't enough, and it's always gonna be something that's not enough. There's always gonna be the next thing that's not enough. Oh, tried that, not enough. Oh, tried that, not enough. Oh, tried that, not enough. Oh,
1: that, getting, not enough. getting to two is like. If you are burning with lust, get to the root of why. Yeah. Um, and if you're surrounded Bingo. by other people who are uh burning with lust too, that probably isn't helping. There's a reason why Paul wrote this specific verse to this church that was struggling with lust because everybody around him was. Correct. Um, and so yeah, just really even I, I believe God really takes us on a journey when we pray, Hey, God uproot this even spirit of lust within me show me where to go, what to do, who to be pointed to. And just having a heart of like, yeah, yes, God, I'm going to do
2: that. And then also like, I'm going to just talk to the guys for a second. Like, give me a break with your excuses. Like I'm a young dude, so I'm just this way or I've got these hormones. So this is just what it is. It's like, man, you, you claim on one hand that you've got the, the God of the universe who created this whole deal living within you and you want to come to me it's talking about he can't take care of some hormones or he can't give you self-control or he can't break down a barrier that you've had up for so long mm-hmm. um you you need to go back to your dark room wherever you came from and you need to cook up a better excuse because that one ain't gonna work and listen i'm all about the grace i'm all about the love but One thing I'm beneficial for in adulthood now is the fact that my dad talked to me straight and he told me how it was and he put the paint where it ain't. And um, I think some young guys now need a grown man to talk to them and tell them how it is and tell them how to be a man and show them how to be a man because we've been talked soft to and it's okay and you don't have to worry about it. And, you know, it's just your body. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, it's not. It's unholy and dishonorable. That's what it is. So, if you want, if and and listen, hey, this is a conversation. If you want to, if you want to be invited to the grown-up table, it's time to start taking yourself like an adult. It's time to start acting like an adult, like a grown human being. And grown human beings know how to be self-control or know how to have self-control. And uh, that's not a fruit because you're so great or because I'm so great. But that's the spirit of God who gives you self-control. And so, if you need self-control, lean into that. So I know that might sound um, an. He said, give us some encouragement. I know that might sound a little discouraging to some of you, but I think that's what some of you need to hear at the same time. So
0: now, bro, you guys are right down my lane. Um, I think, I think that's what a lot of people can't stand about me. I'm a straight shooter. Safa is needed to bring the fluff, you know, to bring the the nice, the sweetheart, the the sweet spirit. (laughs) Because it's like, she'll say what I'm saying, but you know, she's does she does it with such a smile that, you know, it's more palatable, but me, no, like, I am not repeating myself. What you're doing is wrong. You know what I mean? Like one of those, Um, but I think you guys hit the nail on the head on both aspects, because Chelsea, you said it clear. You need to pay attention to the people that are around you. Corinthians is known as the book where everybody, Paul literally says in first Corinthians five, there's some stuff y'all are doing. They're not doing in the world. The world doesn't even know about this type of sin. You know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. like you guys are experiencing a new level of Of adultery, a new level of whoremongering. It's like you guys are out of there. So it's just like, obviously, if you're surrounded by that, it becomes normal. And then I like when you hit the nail on the head when you spoke about self-control, because I literally said that to someone today when you're talking about, oh, but what happens when Paul said, no, 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 stop taking Paul out of context. Paul literally said if you're because he's letting you know it's it's, it's way wiser if you're going to be with this woman and you guys the only thing you can't get right you cannot keep your clothes on why are y'all not married go get married it's wiser for you to do that but paul still mm-hmm. encouraged people to stay single why because he was letting them know you don't have to chase that chase marriage chase sex or anything mm-hmm. be pleasing to god you can't honor god as a single so paul wanted to do that on the same breath and then in galatians five say the fruit of spirit of self-control You know, so the goal is you have to be able to control your urges. And I know a lot of people aren't saying that. So people think Nick is an angry old man right now, but truth be told, your pastor, your dad, your big brother, your mentor, somebody in your accountability group has to be able to say that without you backsliding, without you upset, without you Mm -hmm. feeling as though someone doesn't love you, you know, so I'm all for the straight shooter um, mindset, bro. we're, we're going to have to have a guy talk, you know, like yeah. Chelsea, you're great. You're, Chelsea, you're great. You know what I mean? I'm not pushing you out, but guys need this. This has literally <laughs> been, that's my focus on the podcast this year. I want to do a greater push for men because when I see all the comments and I see all the engagement we're getting, I'm tired of it being women, like, amen. Like where, why are the guys not saying amen when it's talking about right. purity? Why is when we're talking yeah. about modesty, we think we're only discussing women. No guys yeah. need to be modest. Like, Is so many guys that are just free for all, you know what I mean? While women are expected to be holy. And now we have so many women who are holy, modest, pure, and a lot of men who are immature, ungodly, lukewarm, and they're supposed to marry these clowns. That doesn't Mm -hmm. work for me, but I'm going to end the podcast now because we've been (laughs) at it for quite some time, guys. What an ending. What an ending probably the best ending yet golly right. dating 101 you know. book.com but where can we get yours obviously i'll put a link in the description box but tell the people where they can find you your social media all that stuff
2: yeah official negate for me on the gram and twitter and then um you can find the book amazon barnes and noble target walmart whatever yeah
1: books are sold and then
2: marriage-minded ten so- ways to know if you too have found the one also a uh, little tidbit just to end on I'm gonna just sneak this in there the reason I'm telling you to have self-control in your dating life is because you tend to think that that's where it's gonna end and I'm never gonna need self-control again once I get married and that is not the case friends so I'm gonna just sneak that in there
1: okay and um my name is Chelsea K. Hurst on Instagram as well so Thank you, Tavares. We
0: obviously see their dynamic is just like ours. He's the headache and she brings the the joy back to the situation. Yes. But yes. guys, check it out. Link is in the description box. Go ahead and buy some. Uh, buy one for yourself or a friend. I'm going to get a few copies for our Patreon community. Love you guys. Mm. Be blessed.